Keep Nintendo weird, my friends. Your boy Seth here, bringing you another episode of the Weird Nintendo podcast about loving weird Nintendo games. I feel like I'm having to be a little bit more subdued. This It's an early morning right now. My wife is asleep in the other room, and I feel like I have to be a little, little Keep Nintendo weird ASMR, perhaps. <laughs> That'd be so funny. There must be, there's like ASMR for everything. There must be some sort of weird Nintendo ASMR channel out there. They gotta be out there some some place, no? On the YouTube? Anyway, um, hi, if you're watching this on youtube.com slash podcast, if you're listening to this on your podcast feed, um, sporadically, occasionally, uh, I produce an episode of this show where a guest and I sit down and talk about a weird Nintendo game, just sharing the love and passion for an underrepresented or undersung Nintendo game. Um, as you guys might know if you've been following the show for a little while, um, I have had a focus here lately on 3DS and Wii U games, digital games, because uh, those eShops are closing at the end of March, and so I'm trying to spotlight as many of those games as possible, have as many conversations about those games as possible, uh, while you can still go and easily and legally acquire them, and today's game is no different. But before we get into that, we have to thank the people who make it all happen. We have to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash podcast, where our Golden Banana and Triforce tier patrons get shoutouts at the beginning of our podcast. So let's do that right now. I want to thank, uh, again, starting with our Golden Banana Bunch, I want to thank Dan Caparello of the Retrologic Podcast, Rob Yapel, third strongest mole also of the Retrologic Podcast, Sean Sean O'Baggins Ashton, Tim A, a.k.a. Neoprime33, a.k.a. Nintendo Dad number four, Matt Shy Guy City Murray, Shy Guy, the two fearless members of the Shy Guy Mod Squad. We have got Drew Agnew, the handsome host of the House of Mario podcast, Phelan Ward, the host of the Damage Counter Pokemon Trading Card Game podcast, Bill Tucker, the host of A Gamer Looks at 40, and then Marcus O'Neill, a good personal friend of mine from the Carpool Gaming community. Love you, Marcus. And then, moving into the Triforce tier, our ultimate Triforce tier supporters, longtime friend and supporter, Josh Vaughn, John Cummins, the uh, third and final member of the Retrologic Podcast Infinity Gauntlet and host, as always, of On Topic Retro. Uh, the Globetrotten Jet Setting Nintendo Hub and Sparky. Uh, the person behind the Nintendo Hub on YouTube. Definitely check out the Nintendo Hub. Adam Caparello, Octorock1982 himself. Uh, one of the hosts of the excellent Retro Groove podcast, as well as the up-and-coming YouTube channel uh, called Octorock1982. Definitely show Adam your love and support. And the legend himself, who might not make any content on the internet, but provides a lot of content in our hearts. The one, the only, the legend, Uncle Randy. Thank you very much, Uncle Randy. We we love you and thank you for your support. Um, yeah, guys, we uh, you know the, the the people on Patreon make this all happen. The people on Patreon, um, you know, and I'm not just saying that. We we show our support as much as we can in any small way that we can because you guys really do make the dreams come true, and um, patrons do get early access to this show. If you're a Patreon member, um, you are getting early access to this right now before the rest of the world sees it. And uh, if that sounds good to you, head on over there to patreon.com slash allinpodcast. Got three tiers. See what works for you. You get the show early even if it's just for a dollar. Even just at the dollar tier, a dollar a month, 
gets you early access to this show. Um, and our Golden Banana tier and Triforce tier patrons are also getting to vote on the next episode of Keep Nintendo Weird. I think I got one more in me for 2022. Um, and I have voting going on right now, even as we speak, for the next episode of Keep Nintendo Weird. There's like six options that people are able to vote for. So... Uh, if you want to influence what the next episode of KW is going to be, you can become a Golden Banana or Triforce tier patron and make your voice heard in the vote. Uh, voting is going on through until December 16th, and after that point, the, uh, the die will be cast, and the episode will be decided, and we're going to get one more done before the end of the year, and then we'll be heading into the, the new year. Um, so again, thank you all so much for, for sticking with me on this journey. I've also got a new five-star review to shout out, uh, on Apple podcasts from Ace. I guess this is Ace Element or AC Element, maybe, um, who leaves a review that just says top-notch Nintendo talk. Five stars. Seth and his guests go into incredible detail about these forgotten video game gems while also keeping the discussion interesting and engaging the entire time. Highly recommended listening for any Nintendo fan or game historian. So thank you very much for that five-star review. Uh, Very much appreciated. You can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Audible, and on Spotify, you can leave a five-star rating. Those are super, super appreciated. Helps get this weird niche little show in front of the people who would appreciate it. Um, Man, I'm trying to think of of anything else. We we just announced to our patrons, uh, we've got the Golden Aces for All In, a Nintendo podcast, the main show. Um, the Golden Aces are happening live here on YouTube. If you're watching the video version, um, we're going to be doing that live on YouTube, I believe on January 4th. Um, so definitely come and hang out for our kind of end of the year awards. Uh, links to all the all end stuff is always in the video description or in the episode description. So, uh, definitely hang out for that. And speaking of all end, my special guest today is my co-host on all end, the one and only Eric Provost, who, um, you know, it, it's it's funny because we sort of resisted for a while having Eric on Keep Nintendo Weird because, again, like, we, we have Eric on All In every week. You guys get to hear him over there. So it's like, if I have him on KNW, is it just, like, All In with extra steps, basically? But what's nice is it really did just... It just made the most sense to, to have him on this episode. This episode about Pushmo. The Pushmo series is Eric's favorite puzzle game franchise. I'm going to let him describe it. I'm not going to cannibalize the conversation too much. But, you know, this show is all about the passion. It's all about talking to the person who is the most passionate about the game in question. And I've never met anybody more passionate about the Pushmo franchise than Eric... Uh, my good friend, my brother, and all in, and um, it was it was a total treat to talk to him. We get to get into kind of like what Pushmo meant to him during his employment, um, or well, I guess employment, but also deployment is what I meant to say in uh, in Afghanistan, working as a soldier for the U.S. military for the U.S. Army um, for many years, which is which is how we met. When I met Eric, he was a soldier. I don't know how many people know that. Um, there, there's just something really fascinating to me about what video games can mean to people in in a particular 
time in their life, and that's something we're going to get into as well as just discussing the series in general. So I'm not going to delay that any further. I'm going to roll out the red carpet, and I'm going to let you guys um, kind of get to hear some more about Pushmo from Eric. We're going to hang out. We're going to celebrate this little series. And as always, we're going to keep Nintendo weird. So, hey, have we met before? Uh, <laughs> sir? <laughs> sir? Sir, I'm going to need you to bring down your tone just a little bit. <laughs> yes, do not adjust your set, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, the illustrious all-in Eric, despite the fact that Seth and I already spend way too much time together each and every week producing all of your uh, favorite all-in content. He couldn't not do this episode without me. That's that's fair. Yeah, it, it it was it was pretty much required that uh, that I have you on for this auspicious occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, as you guys know, if you've been listening to the show for a little while, I've been trying to uh, cover a lot of like 3ds and Wii U games, and this one uh, that we're going to be talking about tonight, Pushmo, the Pushmo series, uh, is is probably like one of, if not the ultimate examples. Of, of like what we're talking about, like why we need these kind of like weird, underrated, underrepresented games to be preserved, to be maintained. And, and you need to go and pick them up while you still have a chance. Um, so we're going to talk about Pushmo and, and like what makes it special. This for those who have never heard Eric talk about Pushmo on the main show uh, on All In Nintendo podcast is Eric's favorite puzzle series of all time. Eric says Tetris. It's cool. They're like, like Tetris, cool, fine, that's all right. I like it. It's great. Don't get me wrong, but Pushmo is where but does it's at. It, but does it have Malo, Seth? Right, but does it have Malo is the question that we hold this this metric to. So uh, before we get into it, though, I'm going to do something weird uh, because, Eric, where might people know you from? <laughs> well, Seth, uh, fans of yours might know me from your show. <laughs> yeah you're a guest on my show every now and then <laughs> exactly yeah no i mean of course uh, if, if you have any inkling of who seth is whatsoever and you don't know who i am what are you even doing with yeah. your life at this point of course i am the co-host of the amazing all in a nintendo podcast your weekly nintendo variety show where each and every saturday no shell is left unturned and no point is left unearned i've always wanted to say that <laughs> it uh, is usually me that gets to say that. That's it right. is usually you that says that. <laughs> but uh, you can find me on Twitter at all in underscore Eric at all uh, at a l l n underscore e r i c, and then uh, you know I mean basically just follow all in. I'm actually the one that handles most of the social media and most of our uh, our, our community outreach when it comes to our social media. So. Yeah, just follow us there if you want to talk to either myself or Seth. Yeah, it, it is a little bit weird to like uh, like self-promote, but you are my guest after all. You get to promote your stuff. It just so happens that your stuff also has me involved with it. So uh, yeah. maybe, maybe a little bit of nepotism, but that's okay. We're okay with that. <laughs> We're okay with that here. Um, yeah, so Eric is, is indeed my co-host on All End. We met many moons ago when I worked at GameStop and um, in... 
2020, we decided to uh, to start this little thing, this um this little independent Nintendo podcast together, and it has been an interesting ride. We've we've done a lot of stuff together. We have done it, it, we're we're in the 99th percentile of uh, of podcasts in terms of minutes of podcasts produced. According to and, Spotify Wrapped. And that's just the main show. And that's just the main show. We also do Patreon exclusive content together. Uh, we talk every single day. We're partners. And um, we, we, yeah, we, we hang out a lot. And we make a lot of stuff together in terms of like uh, the people that I have made stuff with over the years. Uh, I've never made more stuff with anybody than Eric. So um, <laughs> just... I'll- that's a thing. I'll it's take, true. I guess it's just true. I like it, it's funny because I did this podcast with my cousin for like three years. In terms of like minutes recorded and episodes and stuff, like it doesn't even touch all in because you know all in. It's it's a long show, like you said. It's a variety show. Um, if you are a you know this this show is kind of hyper focused on like weird Nintendo, but um, all in is for like the the. The hardcore it's all Nintendo fan. In. Yeah, it's, it's everything. All Nintendo. Right. Yeah. So if it falls under the big ins umbrella, you'll probably find it somewhere, somehow, some win on yep. all in a Nintendo podcast. And if you haven't checked out that show yet, if you are a fan of Keep Nintendo Weird, I, I mean check out All In. It's a it's a quality show. I can vouch because I help make most. Because you're it. there. <laughs> Cause, yeah. Because you're you're a part of it. Yeah. And and we uh, it's great. We get to do that. Um. You know, every single week. And and it's there's a lot of lot of work that goes into it. And if you yeah if you if you want to hear more stuff like this, we try to cover various as uh kind of aspects of being a Nintendo fan. And links to that are always in the descriptions. Uh, you can always check out All In. Um, but especially now. Especially this time, we have Eric here. Like he's he's our guest, so definitely just, check it all in now. Just just post the links a second time. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, just put it, just the the whole episode description is just all in links. I want to talk about Pushmo. Pushmo, Pushmo. Okay, where I normally start with these is I normally ask how you were first introduced to Pushmo. So where well, where did you meet? <laughs> where did we meet? Ironically enough, in Afghanistan. Oh, interesting. Uh, Pushmo was released in 2011. Mm-hmm. It was released about a month before I got back from my first deployment. And I didn't have a lot. I had my PlayStation 3 that I took with me on deployment that I that I got to play quite a bit. But because of my job, because of what I did in the military, I was constantly traveling from base to base to base to base to base. And my 3DS was a godsend for me on on my first tour. Well, on on both of my tours. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it released, I believe, October or November, October, I believe, 2011. And I remember just, you know, trying to keep up with what was going on. The 3DS, that was the first year of the 3DS. Right. So it was all new and sexy and everything. And, uh, you know, just just having this handheld, it was still, it still kind of blows my mind to this day. The fact that you, we could have a handheld and have glasses-free 3D. How still cool, cool was that? Still How cool. How cool is that? How were they possibly going to use this new visual effect? 
this new visual gimmick. Well, it turns out Nintendo didn't really waste any time in that regard. Nintendo, uh, you know, helped put out this wonderful little interesting little puzzle game that took full use of the Nintendo 3DS's 3D effect. And that was uh, Intelligent Systems Pushmo. Yeah. And for those who have never played it, for those who have never played Pushmo, you play as this adorable little sumo what yes. is it called like a sumo diaper or sumo yeah i yeah i don't know what it's called but he is he's like a little squishy sumo guy yeah <laughs> yeah if you if you made a cookie out of a sumo wrestler basically that's a really good that's that's actually an excellent way to describe him yeah yeah yep. but you have this little character named malo and papa blocks or, or Papa Push or what Papa Blocks. Whatever he is. is. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Blocks, yeah. But you have these characters within this park, and within this park are a bunch of puzzles, a bunch of little stands called Pushmos that Papa Blocks puts together. And what they are, they're essentially pixel art. The thing is, you can go up and grab individual elements of... Uh, these these murals, effectively, they appear as murals within the course of the game, but you can go up and grab the individual pieces of them and pull them out up to three layers. And then you can jump on top of those layers that you've pulled out if you have enough space to do that. And your entire goal with the Pushmos is to navigate your way to the top. In the first game, you have all these young kids who wind up getting stuck in the Pushmo puzzles themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's Malo's job. It's his mission. It's his call to action to solve all the different Pushmos and save the kids. And and that's how he does it is he goes through these Pushmo puzzles, but just the gameplay of it was so incredibly novel helped a ton by how great it looked because of the 3D effect, actually pushing stuff in to the yeah. foreground or into the background, pulling mm-hmm. it in to the foreground looked so, so cool and honestly enhanced the gameplay. It was a little bit, little bit harder to tell what you were doing if you didn't have the 3D effect on. Thankfully, it wasn't that hard to tell because there were a lot of people, uh, even to this day, that the the 3d effect on the 3ds didn't really resonate with them that well unfortunately so it, it was certainly wasn't a game breaker but me i had no problem with the 3d effect and it looked absolutely fantastic and just the concept of it there are a few games in history that just have a simple concept and nail it yeah coming out the gate absolutely nail the concept coming out the gate you could argue that another puzzle all-time great that we previously mentioned a few minutes ago you could argue that tetris was another one of those you just takes a simple concept and just nailed it coming out the gate knew exactly what it was knew exactly how to implement it and that's when it comes i think the best puzzle games are relatively simple concepts I think the best puzzle games, stuff like Tetris, stuff like Panel to Pawn, stuff like Bushmo, because we've got a couple 
sequels to Pushmo that tried to do some interesting different things. But for my money, Pushmo, the original, is still far and away the best of the series. Mm. It was just a simple concept done perfectly. Because in addition to, you know, just the, the standard taking the different elements of the mural, taking the different elements of the pixel art and pulling them out. And you could even pull them from the side. Yeah. Which, you know, added even more strategy to it. In addition to just being able to do that on the base level, they added in a couple really cool quirks to it. They added in a couple devices. They added in a couple extra little mechanics that really opened up what was possible with these Pushmo puzzles. They added little teleport ladders that would immediately take you from one part of the uh, one part of the puzzle to another. They added these little arrows in that if you jumped on it, it would immediately jut the uh, it would immediately jut that piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. out all three spaces. They added a couple that just blew open the possibility of what you could do with Pushmos in the game. And every single one of them was just so incredibly interesting. There were a lot of super rudimentary ones that would probably only take you, uh, a, you know, a few moments to solve. But by the time you got deep into the game and you were dealing with like the four or five star level oh, puzzles, yeah. mm-hmm. they weren't just like, it wasn't just like a puzzle. It was like a puzzle world. It wasn't just one solution. You had to find like 15 different solutions. And it was great because you would get to a point. It was it was almost like checkpointing. You would figure out how to get to the next point up. Like it was so incredibly well designed because it wasn't just trying to get to the top. There were so many little, like you had to get from one point to the next point to the next point to the next point. Like mini puzzles to solve the grander puzzle. Yeah. You had to find like seven separate solutions to get to the one grand solution. And I, I love that so much because it wasn't just finding the solution. You were working your way naturally, organically. You were working your way through the solution one little thing at a time and just pushing stuff in and pulling stuff out and waiting for something to click. And it was so incredibly satisfying when all of a sudden you were just messing with stuff and then you see it. And right. then your, your pushmo vision kicks in and all of a sudden you see it and then you start moving stuff around like it's this massive city size Rubik's cube. Yeah. And you just start moving stuff around. It does feel like that. Once you see, Oh my God, there are no more satisfying feeling in a puzzle game for me than, than seeing the pushmo. And it was so great because once you played enough, like you just had that, like almost like quarterback vision. You just had that push mode. You see the matrix. You, yeah, you could just, <laughs> yeah. you could see how everything worked. You could mm-hmm. see how the different pieces and where you could stand to pull out different pieces from the side or what, to, you know, you could just see everything. And it was like, it was like Zach Galifianakis in the hangover. Of the numbers all over <laughs> the, the screen. Numbers, like yeah. the geometry and everything surrounding <laughs> your head. Oh my God, it was just so, like satisfying is the word that I keep using and I'm probably going to use it a few more times, but that's just what it was. It was so satisfying and so fun and so polished and well implemented. Again, a simple concept done perfectly. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It, it is done perfectly, and they they got it in one. And I I really like the the follow ups to it, but the the simplicity of that first one really mm-hmm. is attractive to me. And they they also um there's a lot of puzzles in that yeah. game for yeah. for what was I think it was like seven ninety nine when it came out or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't um, it wasn't a retail release. It was a three Dsware no. game. This was mm-hmm. a Nintendo published title that was not. Like you couldn't find it on store shelves, right? It was a 3DSware game, uh, and there were a lot of 3DSware games you guys should definitely check out, definitely look up before the uh, before the eShops close. But if you don't, if you are even remotely interested in puzzle games and you don't have Pushmo on your 3DS or Pushmo World on your Wii U, I don't know if we can be friends. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot, man. There's there's a lot of um of good ones but but pushmo really does stand up as like it's pretty timeless because it is simple because ultimately all mallow can really do is like push and pull and jump really like yeah. the the core move set of pushmo is incredibly simple but it feels really good it's satisfying it's well designed one of my favorite things like you you talk about like the 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 sort of like seeing the matrix like puzzle game vision where everything just sort of clicks into place I, I let, I, you know, because like you said, this is pixel art. These stages are made of pixel art. So to see the finished product, like not only is it satisfying to rescue the kid at the top of the pushmo, but when it all clicks and it gets to pan out and you see what it is you're making, sometimes even like NES sprites, that's just so cool. See that that's the thing is not only is it a simple concept done perfectly, but because of the nature of what the puzzles are, because it's these uh, pixel art style murals. Yeah, you can do whatever you want with them. And they often did. If you wanted to make like a banana or a strawberry, you could make almost literally anything you could think of into a pixel art pushmo. And of course, because it's pixel art and because it's Nintendo, there were a ton of references thrown in. And those were some of the hardest and best puzzles in the series when you got to climb up this pixel art mural of Mega Man or a link or princess peach from uh, smb2 like those were my favorite those were far and away my favorite but uh, but yeah they had a bunch that were just kind of geometric shapes that were designed just to be puzzles they had a bunch of like i said just murals like elephants and and school desks and just again anything that you could think of it was almost like it was almost like uh, uh, Picross right, right. solves come to life. Big time. Yeah, that is how it feels. It's it, there. There's just all these little things that just like feed into like the dopamine, like all all of the stuff that you look for in like a good puzzle game. The satisfying solves, the design of it, the completion, seeing the final like mural or whatever put together is just. So well done. And to your point, like you were saying, you can make them like they, they had like user generated content. And when it came to something like you mentioned, Pushmo world on the Wii U, it was essentially just a hub for UGC for user generated content. And that's like, to me, that's what takes it to the next level. Like the game's already great, but when you factor in the fact that like people can make their own stages and, and challenge people, like I, I played a few of your levels that you made and stuff. And yeah, yeah. like, that's just great, man. I love yeah. that you can do that. 
The fact that that is not on the Nintendo Switch right now, if I had the number to Kyoto's police department, Nintendo. <laughs> You'd all be arrested for not putting... You'd uh, all be arrested. But, you, I mean, you could... Uh, Pushmo World, because it's on the Wii U, of course, it had that online hub, which, of course, is, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that's, you know, going away. But even the original Pushmo had those user-created levels that you could create. Uh, once you got far enough into the game, you could have access to this massive canvas. You could make some really intricate levels. They gave you access to all the different devices and mechanics and everything. They gave you access to all the different colors. So you could really make these pixel art. You could really do a lot of stuff with these things. And the way they did it with the original was kind of clever. Because you would create one in the original Pushmo and it would generate an AR code on the screen. Yes. Yes. And then somebody else could bring up their 3DS and then using the 3DS camera, they could scan the AR code on your copy of Pushmo and download your Pushmo into their copy of the game. Yeah. Oh, man. Those were the days, dude. Like... The the 3DS was such a like communal system. Like yeah. it was so like we we you and I developed this rapport where we would go out together, have the day out or whatever, and like we knew we were bringing our 3DS. We knew we were getting those street pass tags, and like yeah, it's stuff like that. It's it's whip you know pulling the 3DS out, scan the AR code, play your Pushmo level. It was just all there in this little 3DS, and like I really do miss that. We don't have that in the modern age. We don't have that with Switch. You know. Yeah. No, we have outside things, but yeah. Yeah. Every aspect of Pushmo was really developed for the ground up or from Mm -hmm. the ground up rather for the 3DS. Not only did the 3D effect really enhance solving the puzzles, but just even creating the Pushmo yourselves, having the stylus and the touch screen Mm -hmm. made creating the Pushmo yourself such an incredibly intuitive and I'm going to say it again, even satisfying uh, prospect. There user-created content in so many different games was always so daunting to me because, you know, the games would very often give you a ton of toys to play with and a ton of tools in your toolbox, so much so that, like, the the possibility and what you could do was kind of overwhelming. But the way it was presented to you in Pushmo, despite, uh, again, the possibilities really being endless, Having a finite canvas, having a few colors you can work with, and just a few devices you could use, despite being able to combine those in literally trillions of different ways, it was just such an incredibly approachable uh, implementation of user-created content that I actually did. I created quite a few Bushmo. I didn't really do that much when it came to Little Big Planet. I've... You know, I've tried to do more stuff in Super Mario Maker, but I actually did a lot. I created a ton of Pushmo puzzles. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember, you know, being being in GameStop when I was supposed to be working and uh, <laughs> just pulling out the, the 3DS and, and doing some of your Pushmo levels. And yeah, it's just, it's cool, man. Like, I, I miss those times. Those were really special times. And Nintendo was very, I feel like, focused on, on that element. Um, when it came to that era, I, I, I did want to jump back to, cause I actually didn't know 
that you were sort of first made aware of Pushmo when you were overseas. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew that the 3DS was sort of like a very, I remember you telling me stories about how you would like ring in the new year with like new leaf and stuff on your 3DS. I did so, do that on my second deployment. Yeah. It wasn't out yeah. for my first deployment, but I did ring in the new year with new leaf on my second tour. That was, that was fun. I remember you telling me that story. And so I'm curious how, like, um, what, what the experience, like, did you just hear about it through like the internet? Did you just see it on the eShop? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, being the, the U S military, like we had internet over there, we had a ton of capabilities, not saying that a lot of the internet we had over there was amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, genuinely it would take a day to download like a gig of something on my PS3. If it didn't, if it didn't stall out, (laughs) there were times my PS3 would be on for weeks at a time. Oh my gosh. just, Just downloading stuff. But, you know, we did have internet. I was able to keep current. I was able to be on social media, which, you know, Facebook and and stuff was really becoming big uh, with uh, the masses around 2010, 2011. So, like, I had ways to to connect and, Mm -hmm. and stay in touch with the rest of the world. And, you know, that was one of the things that kind of kept me going was being able to stay up on the latest games and especially because they were downloadable and I didn't have to uh, trying to download a retail version of any game on the 3DS would have been impossible for me. Right. But because of Pushmo size, because of its relative small file size, I was able to get it. I was, I didn't have to, Uh, I didn't have to coordinate to have a cartridge sent out to me in Afghanistan to play something like Super Mario 3D Land. All I had to do was, you know, keep my fingers crossed for a few hours on my Nintendo 3DS and make sure that the game downloaded okay. So that was another one of the things that made it such an attractive prospect for me is because it was actually accessible. We had internet over there, but, but... Yeah, yeah, but it has to be this little tiny weird 3DS puzzle game to uh that, that you can actually download cuz like you said yeah. it's small file size. I I find that really interesting like this this idea of like having this kind of and and you've talked to me about this before. It's really important for soldiers when you're overseas to have that sort of tether to the to to the states like back home to have that like semblance of normalcy in in this kind of like horrible situation that you're in, not that, you know, you're there doing a job, it's, it's work and you're in, you know, you're in horrible conditions sometimes doing, you know, crazy stuff on top secret missions and things like that. And you're serving your country and you have this little weird 3ds game that is just your perfect tether to normalcy. All of a sudden you're kind of back home playing a game like you would in the States. I love that. You know, I'm not going to get off on a a massive tangent here. We're here to talk about Bushmo, but you really did kind of nail it right on the head. That's one of the big reasons that I carried it with me is that was kind of my emotional anchor to, you know, the stuff that I knew and was familiar with. I would take it out. I would take it out on missions with me, knowing that I wasn't going to be able to play it on those missions just to have it with me because it feel it in your pocket because it Mm -hmm. made me comfortable to have it with me. And for those who have never seen military standard issue combat uniforms, those pockets (laughs) were more than big enough to carry a 3DS in without me even without it really becoming an encumbrance. 
Got your but steps. Got your coins. <laughs> I did. Every day I got my coins. I absolutely got those coins. But but you did really kind of hit the nail on the head with with that is I found plenty of reasons to play it to yeah. kind of wind down with it. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was another one of the big reasons I had it with me is just, you know, you know, just m- my little worry stone, basically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I, I think that's really cool. I, I, I always get fascinated by like just the idea of what you, we just, you know, before we recorded this, we recorded this week's episode of all in side quest, which is a Patreon exclusive show that we did. And I talked about my relationship to mass effect and kind of like what it meant for me in that time. It's always interesting to me, just like what a game means to you in a time in your life. And so it's cool that the 3ds and pushmo got to mean that for you when you were deployed. Um, you had mentioned that the first game is by far and away your favorite. Like what were your sort of thoughts on stretch Mo and crash Mo and stuff? Well, crash Mo came out a year later, came out in 2012 mm-hmm. and it still had a fairly similar puzzle structure, but instead of being able to take elements of the puzzle and pull them out up to three layers, each of the elements of the puzzle were instead their own like blocks. Right. And you could maneuver them within a 3d space. They weren't in, you know, they weren't uh, affixed to the back wall. You could actually pull them out and each of the individual elements, like they weren't attached to each other. You could pull them out from underneath each other. Right. And they'd fall and, and they'd fall and and that was crash mode. Exactly. And then stretch mode, they kind of went back to the whole pulling stuff out three layers but they they in turn made that uh three-dimensional and and 360 instead Mm -hmm. of just pulling it out from the front three layers you could instead pull each puzzle out three layers front left right and you could even yeah you could even turn the camera around the back and they're they're both good games they're absolutely worth playing i'm not saying that you know effectively push mode two and three crash mode and stretch right. mode are are not worth your time far from it but for me push mode is such a perfect distillation of that a, a original idea mm-hmm. uh, uh again just a simple idea implemented perfectly that the the two follow-ups i was just i just couldn't help but be disappointed that they right. didn't play more like push mode like I said, if you if you want to play, absolutely, they are different enough that they are very different experiences, especially Crash Mo. Uh, yeah. It feels like a very different game than Push Mo. And there is a part of me that is glad that they are very different because they make for very different types of gameplay experiences. My biggest frustration is that we didn't continue to get more Push Mo puzzles. That's, yeah. that's what I wanted. You know, I would be more than happy if there was like, you know, three or four Pushmo games, a couple extra Crashmo games, a couple extra Stretchmo games. I just, I want more Pushmo. I want more of all of it, basically. But I I did appreciate them trying new things. You have to when it comes to, to franchises. You have to find a way to evolve the gameplay. You have to find a way to keep things interesting. Although it would have absolutely sold, I can understand why they didn't want to just create a couple hundred new basic Pushmo puzzles and release that as a new game. Because, you know, you could make the argument that that could have just been DLC or that, 
you know, or it's just a lazy sequel or what have you. So I understand why they changed up the gameplay so much, but like Tetris and in my opinion, like another one of my favorite franchises, Soul Calibur, Mm. like Tetris, Soul Calibur, Pushmo are so perfect that going anywhere from there, once you find that perfect, once you find that perfect, uh, you know, that, that perfect groove. Yeah. Trying to veer from that in any way is ultimately going to feel disappointing. Yeah. Like when you hit a bullseye, what are you going to do with your second it, shot? Where do you go from there? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, to your point, like I, I enjoyed crash mode to, to me, crash yeah. mode feels a little, they went a little too far. I actually find crash mode like really difficult. Like it is. Yeah. Like just the, the whole concept of it being like, cause, cause with crash mode, yeah, you're having to think about not just pulling the blocks out and creating a pathway for Malo to get to the top. The goal is still the same, but now you have to worry about, how these platforms interact with each other and how spatially things are going to work when they begin to fall and crash. And, you know, to me, it was like too much, man. Like I, I would get to the point where I'm genuinely spending like an hour on a puzzle. I'm yeah. Like, with crash mode specifically, it was really easy to, it was really easy to, to drop the blocks in a way that completely prevented you from right. even solving the puzzle. Now, thankfully, all three games in the series had a little button at the front of the screen that you could hit and that it would completely nice. re- and it would reset the puzzle. But especially with Crash Mode, it was incredibly easy to do something that would actually just prevent you completely from it would basically force you to restart. Yeah. So but I that is admittedly another thing is once they started to expand a little bit, there was something nice and pure about Pushmo. You know, you have this one thing from this one perspective, you know, I'm an idiot, so I can deal with that. <laughs> Me but too. Then you start, yeah. but, but then you start to add the 360 degrees to it and you're like, oh, I got to think about it from three other angles now. Mm-hmm. I'm not that smart. I can't brain that much. So there there was quite a bit of that going on. But, and admittedly, I, I can't brain that much, but still ultimately the simplicity did win me out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like you said, there's still great games, but yeah, yeah I, I'm in agreement Definitely with check you. Check them out. Yeah. I'm, I'm in agree, uh, agreement with you. Like the, the first game is still my favorite. I do prefer the simplicity of it. Um, when we went to Pushmo World, um, well, actually, you know, let me back up because there is something interesting about Stretchmo um, that I think we should say because Stretchmo kind of came out in this interesting period for Nintendo as well because Stretchmo came out at a. Uh, a period where Nintendo was experimenting with microtransactions, which was a little bit weird. Stretchmo, if I remember correctly, was actually released for free, but you would then have to buy um, the the packs. It was like set up in like different plazas, parks, or whatever. There was like an NES theme park. There was like a, a standard puzzle theme park, and you would have to buy them in packs rather than just the whole game piecemeal. Um, or, or wholesale rather. And um, that to me was also a little bit strange. They were famously Rusty's Real Deal Baseball was another example or yep. Nintendo Badge Arcade was another example oh, yeah. of them yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of fooling with microtransactions. But um, 
Stretchmo, I think, uh, I, I think might have been a little bit of a death knell for that series because of the microtransactions. I think that that might have turned people off from from the series. Well, you could just buy, you could get the entire game. I can't remember how much it cost, but yeah, there were four separate plazas, each with their own unique playable character. This time, That's Malo true too. had uh, Malo had the. Uh, the kind of normal, I guess, stretch mode puzzles. And then you had, oh, uh, Poffin? Yeah, the, the like, ninja-looking one the, or the whatever. The sister, essentially, of Molo. Oh, right, right. Who had uh, her own and then basically, like, the little boy character. And then you had Papa Blocks, who had the NES murals. Each of them, mm-hmm. I believe each of those packs was sold separately. Mm-hmm. But you could very easily just get all four of them and just get the whole game effectively and which is exactly what i did i don't remember how much more it was than the other two games i know that there were a lot of stretchmo puzzles in stretchmo but it was it was kind of weird because it wasn't like microtransactions in the normal sense where you know a lot of microtransactions a lot of microtransactions that we're familiar with are like 99 cent cosmetic options right or you know, in-game currency that the game is going to try to force you to continue to spend. It was essentially just one game broken up into four pieces that you could buy individually if you wanted to. It was very much Nintendo dipping their toe in the idea of microtransactions, which was kind of weird. I don't know if that specifically was the death knell in the franchise because Stretchmo was actually the last game released in the franchise. It actually came after Pushmo World had already released mm. on Wii U. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pushmo World was released in 2014. Stretchmo came out in 2015. Got it. Uh, it's I don't know. I I can't really say, but I, I don't know what's going on in Intelligent Systems. I don't know what's going on at Nintendo. I don't know what the sales figures were like for Pushmo because the games reviewed really yeah. well especially the first one as they continue to veer away from the first one the the review scores did kind of drop off a little bit but i I mean yeah there's still no reason that pushmo world switch edition shouldn't be a thing I, i i just don't understand what the what the idea what the what the motivation is at nintendo for allowing an entire franchise to die once these e-shops close because the entirety of the Pushmo, or if you live elsewhere in the world, uh, the Pull Blocks franchise, uh, that the entirety of the franchise is on the 3DS and Wii U, the two eShops that are closing at the beginning of next year. Which yeah. breaks my heart because, again, as you said at the beginning of the episode, yes, this is my favorite puzzle series of all time. It's so cool, so well implemented, so interesting. And just the creation, the the amount of people who are part of the Mario Maker community still to this day that still create content all the time. Not saying that a Pushmo community would have the strength or numbers sure. of a Mario Maker community, but a, a community it would still have. It would. Yeah. It'd be great even if they just... I'm not even saying necessarily like you. you don't even really have to do the legwork of like packaging them as like a trilogy or anything like you could literally just put 
a a hub, Pushmo World Switch, Pushmo Pushmo Universe, whatever you want to call it, and mm-hmm. just like put it on Switch and just let the people make it. And like I think that would be enough. It'd be it'd be a bonus. It'd be kind of nice if they had like um the the levels from Crashmo, Stretchmo, and the original yeah. like baked into it. That'd be super cool. But I mean, I don't even think you need to go that far. I, I think you could literally just have it you could even make it like a Nintendo Switch online thing, you know? Just as like a like a bacon Nintendo Switch online thing. Like and just make it a hub. However you want to do it, Nintendo, just give it to me. I promise you, I will play all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I and and to to that end, I, I hadn't until you said those words. I hadn't really considered the fact that, like, yeah, this entire franchise in March is just going to die. Yeah. Like, that's crazy, actually. Not, ju- not just some random indie games that, you know, a couple guys as part of their college project put together and were able to get a Nintendo license. Not yeah. just a couple random games. We're talking about an entire franchise of Nintendo produced titles that are going to become completely unavailable when the company who makes the hardware and has the licenses for these are just perfectly okay to do that. In my mind, I mean, this may seem like a morbid comparison, but in my mind, it's it's the digital equivalent of just letting your dog out the back door in the winter and just leaving him out there. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, are, aren't you going to do anything? Are, are we going to? It's like, no, no, we're just going to we're just going to forget that out there. If the dog's going to die. Yeah, we're just going to we're just going to forget him. Yeah, man, it's it's really crazy because like. You know, there, there's all these games that are sort of like, there's a lot of, we're losing a lot when those eShops yeah. go down. And we've, again, that's been a big focus for me in this show. We've I'm talked about we it on all a little end. bit of Box Boy, just a little bit of Box Just a little. Boy. We get a little taste <laughs> as a treat. We get a little bit of Box Boy. There's these rumors of Pocket Card Jockey coming back in some form. Yep. You know, um, and, and they're even, I mean, they're great games. I've covered Attack of the Friday Monsters on this show. Games like Harmonite come to mind. Oh, you know, Harmonite's so good. Some really amazing like 3ds and wii u games that that were losing and some of them would make sense to port to switch and others wouldn't make sense to port to switch but pushmo would and yeah this isn't just a a one-off really cool weird little game like attack of the friday monsters or or whatever this is a whole like four game yeah. franchise that we're it's losing the entirety of the series yes that we're losing which mm. I don't even really think I need to reiterate at this point how much it breaks my heart. Yeah. Especially considering the quality of the titles. It's not like an experiment that Nintendo decided to go with was critically panned and hated by everybody. And like the original Super Mario Brothers movie, they just want to move on and pretend it never happened. These are beloved titles by everybody who's ever played them. I have never heard anybody who's ever actually played Pushmo. I've never heard a single person say a single negative thing about the games. They are immaculately considered and and built, and it just again just blows my mind. I I I I, I I'm out of words. Yeah, Nintendo, 
and just smack them around. You know, uh, and, and it is funny, you know, when, when the last episode of this show, we had our friend Barry Carenza on the show. Hi, Barry. And yeah, hi, Barry. And, and Barry put a lot of this stuff into perspective for me because it's, it's easy for us to just call for this stuff to happen. And to your point earlier, I don't know how well the series sold. It was, of I course, yeah. critically acclaimed. We, we don't really have an indication of sales. Nintendo doesn't reveal digital sales, and they never have, um, frustratingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know what the sales were of Pushmo. It could be that it was just this like niche little thing that not a whole lot of people bought by the people that did really loved. So maybe it's just a matter of that doesn't make business sense. Maybe it's because intelligence systems is one of the busiest, uh, studios in Nintendo's wheelhouse between fire emblem and WarioWare and paper Mario. And I mean, they've got so many irons in the fire. Maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe they are just holding out until the eShops close. And who knows? Maybe we do get some sort of pushmo something um, after the eShops are already closed. But um, it is it is a lot to think about. So, like, guys, listening to this, if you hopefully you're listening to this before the closures, run out and get these games while you still have the chance. Because we don't know if we're going to get another chance. So, <laughs> that's right. He's holding it up to the camera right now if you're watching the video version. Got his push mode going. You're darn right I do. Oh, man. <laughs> got a little duck. Got a strawberry. <laughs> it's a great series, you got, man. You got Mario's big There's head. There's Mario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so good. Well, we uh, we hope to see it return, obviously. Uh, it's very special. It, do it for Eric, guys. Do it for Eric. You're taking away his favorite puzzle franchise. Do it for him. <laughs> we're begging you come on Doug some, Bowser there are some amazing games there are some amazing puzzle games on the Nintendo Switch Seth and I have covered some really really special puzzle titles in the Indie Showcase on the main show releasing Pushmo on the Nintendo Switch it would immediately become one of the best puzzle if not the best puzzle series yeah. on the platform yeah that's for sure that's for sure. Well, uh, again, guys, if we haven't said it enough already, go out, buy yourself some Pushmo. You got Pushmo, Crashmo, Stretchmo, Pushmo World on Wii U. All of mm-hmm. them worth grabbing before the uh, the closures. And again, don't just download Stretchmo. Go in there, get all of everything that's in there. You, you want to make sure you have it all. You want to make sure you have this on your 3DS because um, we, we don't know. We don't know. This might be the last chance. So head out and do that. Um, Eric... Before we say goodnight and um, and close the book, at least for now, on the Pushmo series, uh, if you would just tell people one more time where to where to find John Lyon and what if any what what could you possibly <laughs> be involved with on the internet? <laughs> I, I don't know. Just ask Seth. I'm sure he'll point you in the right direction most of the time. <laughs> but no, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, you can find me at all in underscore Eric over on Twitter. The again, that's at a-L-L-N underscore E-R-I-C over on Twitter. And of course, if you want to follow All In a Nintendo podcast, it's at All In Podcast on Hive, on uh, Facebook, on Twitter. You know, send us a message. I I might be the first one to see it. Probably. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, make sure to check out All In a Nintendo podcast. Become a patron and check out our SideQuest uh, series of podcasts that uh, that Seth and I do. Seth and I spend a lot of time 
in the recording room together, ladies and gentlemen. We make a lot of stuff each we and sure every do. week for all of you amazing people. But uh, make sure to give some love to my boy over here, very own $2 hero. Thanks for having me <laughs> yeah. on. Very yeah. happy to be part of my own finally keep Nintendo weird episode. Yeah, man. You finally got your own episode. Yeah, it was it was it was high time uh for sure. And it was it was nice to to just get give you the give you the floor, give you the chance to just gush about this series that I, I know is very near and dear to your heart. Um you can find right. me on Twitter. Yeah, it's all right. Uh at two dollar hero, of course, links to everything all in and keep Nintendo weird are in the episode description. Hey, if you're not already a patron, uh, now would be a great time to do it because after this episode goes live, not only do patrons get early access to this episode, but you're going to be able to vote at the Golden Banana and Triforce tier. You're going to be able to vote for the next episode of Keep Nintendo Weird. I'm going to try to get one more done before the end of the year and patrons will be able to vote on that. So uh, if you're a fan of this show, patreon.com slash all in podcast is where you need to be follow eric show eric some love show us some love at all in nepotism nepotism and uh <laughs> branding 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 branding, branding. <laughs> but uh again thank you so much again eric for for hanging out and uh everybody else out there buy pushmo crashmo stretchmo pushmo world create what you want to create and thank you all for helping me keep nintendo weird bye-bye <laughs>